0: Hi, I'm John Mayfield, the Real Estate Tech Guy, with another Global Real Estate School podcast. Hey, it's John Mayfield, the Real Estate Tech Guy. I'm so excited that I'm had the opportunity to visit with my good friend, Lil Coach. And I hope I pronounce your last name correctly, Lil. They took phonics out of school when I was, uh, but it's spelled K-O-C-H. Pronounce Coach. A little bit different than uh, than yeah. the other pronunciations yeah. that are, uh, that are out there, but yes. It's great. So, and Lil is running for twenty twenty four first vice president for the national association of realtors that is correct all right and he's from hawaii which is cool and he'll tell us his story but um lil thank you for joining the podcast and we just want folks to be able to get an opportunity to to get to know lil and i also want listeners to know a little bit about some of his adventures in real estate and and his experience first and foremost lil was A past president for the ccim the certified commercial investment member group now for many of you who may not know what's a ccim and what's a big deal about that i think i have almost every designation out there except the ccim and i've taken all of the classes lil and i for, for our listeners let me tell you what I learned more through the CCIM program than I ever learned through college. I mean, that was probably one of the best experiences I could have. And so immediately when I saw where you were past president of CCIM, I thought, this guy's the real deal. So that is a huge organization and it's a big honor just to get the CCIM.
1: Well, a couple points on that. One, I I, I got hooked. I took CCIM, uh, the CI 101 course, which is the first financial course, which I think everybody in real estate should take that course because it teaches you an extremely valuable uh, concept of time value of money. To be able to, even on a residential deal, to tell sellers, give them a quantitative purpose of why they should take an offer, not take an offer, or the reasons behind that is, is so valuable, I think. So the time value of money, but that hooked me into uh, commercial real estate, and from there went through the whole, uh, whole course, and uh, eventually got my designation and then proceeded up uh, the ranks um, on the volunteer side, and it was an honor to be the 2012 National CCIM Institute President. Got to travel the world promoting the pin, commercial um, education, and, and do all that. So it was uh, truly an honor to, to have that hat also. Uh, we do both, residential right. uh, and, and commercial real estate.
0: And I mentioned that because just what you said, I totally agree. If you've never taken the CCIM, the first course, 101, I took that course, and I thought, my gosh, I did not realize, I wish someone had taught me that years ago. But the people I've met through CCIM are just nothing but first-class. Uh, not, not taking anything away from the other designations, but it's it's a very complicated certain designation to get. I think that's very cool that you have that, and uh, and just you know thinking about that because really the CCIM course taught me to look into the future, to think about not only just what's going on today, but. You have to look at that property and what's the future value of that property. How does that compare to you running for NAR in the leadership position? Because I think that's a big deal for our people to know.
1: Well, it brings a different, I think, a very important aspect in in thinking about uh, organizations and everything to bring in sort of a number crunching. And you're right, looking at the future of of valuing the asset base of where you are and how to direct an organization forward in in a certain way, I think it's extremely important to do. That thinking, strategic planning, performance measurements, time value of money, all those financial concepts are so important in an organization to, to have a fiscal responsibility to be able to budget, to be able to plan, to be able to move an organization forward, I think is extremely important to go through. And it's bode well in my volunteer career, both on residential associations as well as commercial, to help others guide that process forward. So extremely uh, important.
0: I think so too. And also looking at the benefits that can be included to to help keep that value up and, and even getting further. So one,
1: uh, one of the Going across the country, one of the most important things people ask what the important issues are, and we have a lot of important issues as an industry that we need to tackle, including inventory levels uh, for for residential housing, everything else, but. On the other side that goes hand-in-hand with that is the adaptive reuse of commercial space. You need to have a commercial mind to analyze how to redefine space in order to make economic engines that will create opportunities for not only our commercial members, but also our residential members of creating inventory of all types, including rentals. So it's extremely important concepts that we need to, to bring to bear here at the moment that will help all of our members be successful. And that's ultimately my goal, running for NAR First Vice President, is to ensure that 1.6 million members that we have are, in the end, extremely successful.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. And, And we are here at Region 9 in Lawrence, Kansas, and one of the items they just discussed is what you just said availability of housing and really adapting the commercial space that's out there. You, I'm glad you brought that up because on Facebook, a gentleman I follow in St. Louis posted some pictures of the South County mall. It's a mall I grew up in as a kid. I mean, my parents took me there for Christmas and you know, I take, I've taken my children there and it's just like, that's the mall we went to and Lil, it's like a ghost town
1: today. Well, and even driving in here into Lawrence, every every town that I go in, from the airport to wherever the meetings are, I'm always observant of commercial space as you're coming in because you can tell a lot about an area, the opportunities. There's always opportunities in, in everything that you see, but there's a lot of empty spaces, there's a lot of big box empty uh, empty spaces, office buildings and everything else. And as an industry representing our clients, we need to be able to redefine to come up with new uses for a lot of these spaces. A lot of them are concrete, huge places like shopping malls that are now vacant. How do you change an 80,000 square foot retailer into something else? Whether it's assisted living, whether it's uh, some other use that may become of it, but we need to be able to come up with those opportunities to create new economic engines for all of our communities to thrive. When that is thriving, our members will thrive with inventory, both from the commercial side and the residential side. Residential side, we can't just focus on building affordable housing, because as soon as you even decide you're gonna break ground with affordable housing, it is then mid-price housing. It'll get bid up. We need to build everything at the same time, and that's tax incentives. There's all sorts of different ways that we need to do it. And that's one of my other big proponents is, is advocacy, of moving the advocacy level at the NAR down to the state and the local level where we can best serve those needs. That's a
0: great point. And one other thing that I really appreciate about your campaign and you as a candidate for this office is the fact that you talk about residential and commercial. And for me, as a real estate practitioner and a member for a long time with the association, there seems to have been this division between uh, the commercials over here and the residential is over there, but you kind of really see them hand in hand, don't you?
1: Well, I think that's one of the unique things. You know, not, not to toot my own horn, but that, that's sort of the unique aspect of having uh, two hats: the commercial hat and the residential hat of coming up uh, sort of both sides of the aisle. My big thing, and I've been and I've been sort of harping at this at NAR for the last ten, fifteen years, is we need to unsilo our organization. We become a very small organization when you just focus on residential property. Everybody, and I walk into every room and, you know, most of the volunteers will be residential folks. I tell them, you're not residential agents. You sell everything. Every experience that you have with your client of going out to uh, sell a residential home includes commercial, whether it's how close it is to the church, where are the, the shopping centers, where's the golf course, what's the transportation in and out, what is the community like that you're going to sell that experience of a residential home. You could not sell anything on the residential side without having commercial components on that. And then I turn to the commercial brethren who say, well, why would I need anything of a residential? Well, you're not gonna get your drive-by traffic. Where's your household income? Where are you gonna put the Starbucks on every other corner? If you don't have that residential data, they sell residential also every day, where to locate the warehouses and all that. So we're in this one boat together. And if we're in the boat together, we should act like a big organization including with our advocacy efforts going into Washington, D.C. Instead of being, we represent homes, we represent real property. We represent everything, including land, property management, appraisals. All the institute societies, and councils, I want to un-silo. I want to be as big of an organization as we should be at NAR. It's extremely important because it helps us on all levels. Advocacy, it helps us with recognizing the talents of all of our 1.6 million members and it just creates a better synergy with with what we actually do for all of our clients so we do real property
0: and what i also love and i want to be very transparent too with this podcast interview i am serving on lil's campaign team if you go to his website uh lil For Uh, NAR.com. You'll see my picture there. But you gave each of us a paddle, a little pin as a paddle. And tell that story, because I think just what you said, there's more, that's what you want us to do, is all be in that same canoe. But I'll let you tell the story. Well, in in
1: life, we're all in the same canoe. And and the visual in order to, to get that concept over was a Hawaiian outrigger canoe. Each person in that canoe has a job to do. And if we all paddle together, we can go far, we can go fast, and we can stay true. So all in life, with any organization, if all of us are working together for, for one cause, we can accomplish so much. If we have 1.6 million paddles, or an oar, uh, using the, uh, the analogy from the mainland, we can go extremely true and accomplish so many things. There's a lot of issues we needed to tackle together as an organization including remaining relevant with our advocacy, realtor safety, data integrity. Data and vendor integrity is extremely important issues as we're you going through you. on both sides of the aisle, commercial and residential. And that's, a, that's, a, that's about a four-hour podcast in and of itself of talking about data. But those things together, we can accomplish so many things if we all have the same vision and have a paddle and all going in the same direction. so
0: I totally agree. Those are great points. What about, you have several pillars that you have on your website, but inclusion is one. That's a big topic today with a lot of people. Let's kind of talk about inclusion and your thoughts or how we as an association can make
1: inclusion representative for everyone. Well, A- it 's the right thing to do it's a timely thing to do. We need to be inclusive in all the things that we do, and that's not only with all of the normal inclusions, it also inclusion of all of our disciplines and everything else. We need to have those involved that have the diversity to help further discussion, to further policy to, to move an association forward. We need to have that at every level, committee level and everything else, and we need to have that as a, as a paramount uh, directive to do. Good. Now you've been out
0: around the country. You've logging a lot of miles, going to a lot of regional meetings, a lot of state association meetings. What are some of the questions you're hearing from members?
1: Well, a few of the ones. So the ones that come up uh, uh, the most are, you know, what are the biggest concerns from uh, that you see that NAR is, is facing. The second one is, um, what would you do right away? What could you do in your first actions of what you're doing? Um, I'll take that one first, then go back to the first, what, what, what could I do? And I just kind of mentioned that earlier, is I would unsilo NAR. NAR, with its institutes, societies, and councils, has a means of overshadowing those organizations or forget that they're there. And so they will duplicate services. They'll create things without having uh, input from professionals of what you're doing. I think that is extremely short-sighted and makes you a very small organization. We have some great institute societies and councils: so the CCIM, IRAM, the the appraisers, women's council, ARIA, You know, all all the the global everything else is is uh, so important on the mixture of what we bring to the table for all of our clients throughout uh, throughout the country. We need to unsilo that and take advantage of all that whole process, and that's something that needs to permeate in everything that we do from marketing to advertising to, to everything else that we that we do has to incorporate we are everything. Right.
0: Uh, and that brings me to one point that I appreciate about you so much and why I wanted to get involved and helped you. And I think you may have heard me tell someone this story and I said, why why do i support lil and i always i say lil's my coach bradley you want everybody to be involved you don't want it to just be a group or a, and you you know for you to ask me to help you and your campaign i was just so encouraged but i've seen you at global events and i've seen you uh, travel around and and seen how you've reached out to people but coach bradley was my coach and i was a sophomore and, in high school. And I remember we were in a big game and he came down to the end of the bench and he said, Mayfield, get in the game. And I was floored that a sophomore was going to be put in the ball game. But then I learned coach Bradley, he had 12 players, but all 12 players played and he wanted all 12 players to play. And that's what I see when you talk about the 1.6 million realtors in a, in a canoe and with one, with paddles we're working together and you really want everybody
1: to have so that. I mean the bottom line is that I'm in this race as I do everything it's for the members I want to th- see 1.6 million realtor members be successful in what they do so that they can then give back to the communities where we all derive our income from and that they will find exactly what they need to be successful so from an NAR standpoint, we need to be able to provide improved advocacy, education, technology, marketing, branding. We need to tell, we need to continue to tell a better story that they could and will be successful. Ultimately, that's what it's all about. It's not about a particular state. It's not about a particular person. It's, it's all about uh, the members. That's the bottom line. Exactly.
0: Now- Another question, and I'm just curious your thoughts on this. What do you see outside of the lawsuit? We all know that's a big deal for NAR, but do you see any kind of challenge NAR, the association has in the next five years that we need to be thinking about now that maybe we're not thinking about?
1: Well, the, the, the lawsuits are... Uh, that's, that's the top question going around the country. That is going to define sort of where we go. How I would try to approach that, and again, that's some of it, a lot of it, is all behind the firewall, so I'm not sure exactly what is being done. But I'm an analytical thinker. I'm a problem solver. Every problem in the world can be solved. You just need to have the patience. You need to have the know-how to move that process forward to solve the problem. I think we need to take a tough stance with all of these lawsuits. Second part of that, which is probably more important, is that we need to have a plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E. What happens if one of these lawsuits goes this way? How do we maintain 1.6 million members have a viable future? It's either education, it's technology, it's forms, it's whatever that may be. We need to come up as an organization to say, what do we do to address that, that we can still maintain relevance? And if, it, if the lawsuit zags back the other way, plan C. What do we need to do in order to, to help our process that we remain relevant? So the big, the big thing and the catchphrase is that the realtors will remain at the heart of the transaction. We've given up the edges uh, over the years. We've given up a lot of the edges. So we have a, a, a ball that is the core, the center of the real estate transaction. And the realtors will not lose that Unless we voluntarily give it away, it, it is really difficult to have that last piece go to AI or technology. There's, su- there's things that are not going to solve that particular issue. Unless we voluntarily, as a whole organization, decide we're just going to give it away. If we can fight and keep that process, we will have an industry, we'll have a viable realtor organization, and we'll be continue to move forward. But we need to be cognizant of what's happening all around that. And again, that gets into the data integrity. There's a lot of things that are that are continuing to nibble at the outside of that, and we need to to have means to protect that process.
0: I, I totally agree with you. And also the fact that, you know, I'm just thinking that so many businesses or organizations wait until, uh-oh, this is on us, now what do we do, Or and, and having that plan, thinking about well, what if being ready to, to, uh, to move in those directions?
1: So is part of that, and, and, and again, as I said, every problem can be solved. The other issue and the other attribute that organizations need to have is awareness training, uh, aware of outside forces, awareness of, of industry trends. You need to be able to incorporate that into your strategic planning, your budgeting, a lot of the mistakes of a lot of organizations is not following through with their strategic plan. It's not tied to a budget, so they have no idea if it's, if it's uh, successful or not or how to integrate different things into that whole thing. So you need to have a, a very analytical brain to, to be able to help a group of folks move the whole organization for the benefit, again, always of the uh, 1.6 million members. And our uniqueness of the National, the state, and the local. So my thoughts on the advocacy efforts to be most effective is to move a lot of our advocacy efforts down to the state and the local level because that's where we can effectuate a lot of change, where you're gonna get additional housing stuff, density, zoning. All those issues are best solved at the state and the local level. Federal level, you can get into some taxation, uh, relief and everything that will help spur some development. But we need to really do a better job at the state and the local level. We need to have a realtor in front of a government official to help guide them to be a better government servant. They're just reacting because they don't know any better. They'll have a constituent that comes up and says, I can't afford the rent, getting kicked out. And the, and the government folks says, well, if we capped it at this rate, will you be able to handle that? Sure. Okay, so then you get rent controls. That's the response. It's an easy response from the government official to respond to a constituent, even though it's the wrong direction to go. We need to have a realtor in front of that person to help guide them be a better government official and come up with better policy that will help each community throughout the country come up with better policies on doing that. So that's where the advocacy efforts are both from commercial side and the residential side. We need to be in front of them in a consistent basis with policies that make sense and with, with, the, with the thought of my goal is to help that government uh, person do a better job of what they do to help the constituents because those constituents are our clients in the community. Realtors are community wherever they are and if we don't improve our own community, You know what are we doing I'm
0: so glad you said that because for our listeners we've been having this conversation in Missouri for a little bit now and I'm from a community where the commercial um, laws or regulations got changed overnight no one from our association the real local Realtor Association was at the table talking to those local officials And a good example is a building that I had, which my real estate office was in for years and I had sold my company, it's a long story, but I had someone who wanted to rent the building. It was going to cost me $50,000 to put in all of these requirements that had gotten changed through the new regulations. And at that point, Lil, I thought to myself, why wasn't, why wasn't I at the table? You know, I'm not blaming anyone else, but you bring that point up. We will get more involved at a local on those local and state levels than we will. So, and the, and the important part, and and, and... and that's not to say the federal issues are not important. We're not trying to say that, but we are just trying to say, I think there is some disconnect in many areas throughout the country of failing to have that
1: local... That, that's where the most important things are going to be taken care exactly. of is at the state uh, and the local level. The federal level, uh, and we can talk about that in a, in a bit, but one of the, the things I'd like to stress with being in front of a government official, the realtors need to be there without asking for anything in return. All you're trying to do is, they don't know what we do. Right. And in order for, for us to come up with great policy that will help not only our clients, uh, our, our tenants, uh, our, our vendors, whatever that is, is to help guide them to come up with a better solution than the rent control issue or the, the easy answers that they do because they don't know any better. They right. don't know what we do. Um, and to be that Professional resource to them to help them shine. If you can help someone else shine, things that you can get as a as a benefit for a community are well, immeasurable. it is. It's- and in and in my going back to my example, I
0: shared that with my the friends that I knew in those places and tried to to tell them what I was seeing from a real estate professional side working with buyers who wanted to be entrepreneurs and commercial tenants who were forced out because the standards were so high and we came to a point that said we want safety that's a big concern yes but do we want to make all of these other rules that might apply in boston or miami florida to little Low flat river missouri or park hills missouri and what happened was uh, most of the buildings became empty and we couldn't get anybody to go in them because most of these small biz- potential small business owners didn't have the cash to do that. And, but they changed the laws. We had the conversation, and now our town's uh, back on track again. So
1: that is guiding the government to do a better job at their job and helping to provide means where you create new economic engines and you then create more product, whether it's commercial and or residential, for all of our members to be successful, so that is a success story. In that we need to repeat that with all the different strange things that that, that right. government comes up with, to be able to be the sort of the sane person in the room to help guide them, be a better person. It's not about you know the, you know. The realtor being the 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 solution for everything we're there to help guide them do a better job because in in the end it helps all of our clients exactly uh, be successful exactly now we've talked a little
0: bit about advocacy inclusion innovation i think we've touched on that in a number of ways which is also on your on your uh, website. Service is the last Service, yeah, I wanted to kind
1: of bring that around.
0: Ta- walk us through your story. How did you get in real estate and your service? Uh, well, first the from the,
1: the, the service side, uh, my, my parents uh, instilled on me the sort of the philanthropic spirit of giving back to uh, communities where you derive your income from. So every, every organization that I've been involved with, I always try to find a component where you're actually helping the community out. And it can, be, it can be anything, you know, painting schools, reading books, uh, food drives, whatever that is. So every level from the local, state, and national level, I've been able to incorporate something of giving back to where we derive our income from because it's so important. If we truly are going to be realtors, our community, those are our communities. We need to help out and make it a better place. So running for national office as I did with CCIM national, uh, as national president, we instilled a, a national policy that every, that every chapter around the country was going to be doing good works for the community, document those, and the job of, of the national organization is to promote the heck out of that and to get other people to realize that, uh, that that's happening in their own communities. I'd like to see that also at NAR, and one of the things that we don't do, which I would also want to try to, uh, to do, is that we should be doing the Good Neighbors Award 365 days a year? Why we why we don't promote that from every uh, rooftop That's that a we great can? Point. Because we spend so much money trying to, to tell people we're not in this for the commissions, we're not in this for for the money, and and blah blah blah. We're here. What better way to say Realtors, our community. These are the things that we do in order to do that. I think that that would a b great marketing, great branding uh, to to move all that forward. But from the national level, we need to to do something for all of our communities, and it boils down to to the the local associations uh, where the product is uh, of doing that. So I'm a huge believer of giving back, uh, and if we can come up with a component of that on the national level, Uh, That would be pretty cool. And I uh, I do
0: too. I think that's a great idea. And one of the other things when you talked about, because I served as president for the CRB, which is now the REBI, and you served as national president for CCIM, there's something there that I think our listeners need to know, and I'm sure you experienced the same thing I did. You really start to understand the needs in all 50 states when you're a national, even though it's one of the the uh, chapters or the societies under the NAR brand, I, I got to know that the needs in Florida were different than the needs in Minnesota or Arizona, a uh, little different than a state perspective. I mean, you do have different needs in different states, but I'm sure that was something that you saw in service that, gosh. Um, the commercial brokers.
1: Well, and that's true. So every every place is a little bit different. So you need to, from a from a national perspective, to be able to govern, to be able to to gather uh, all of the information for all the different places. So you are providing services and, and and things that are important for all fifty states. In CCIM's instance, it was global. So we were in uh, you know Japan, we were in Taiwan, we're in we're all all over the the globe. And as as the world becomes smaller. You need to be able to incorporate all of those different needs into uh, what you do for our members. It all boils down to value for dues dollars. Now, that can be uh, where the rubber meets the road the most is at the local board where that's the first phone call. A lot of of our own members don't know that the state organization exists, let alone NAR exists. So that's where you have to provide the value for for dues dollars uh, in that aspect of it. And, and one thing I, I just wanted to, to make sure that I uh, mention, and going across all the different areas that I have on the, on the campaign trail, is that I've been involved, I've been fortunate enough to be uh, appointed to a lot of different uh, um, committees and everything else. And On the website, the brochure has a whole list of, of committees on both commercial and residential side. And it's not important that there's a whole list of committees that I've been on. The important part is that in each one of those, I was engaged, I showed up, I participated, we debated, we came up with policy to help move the organization forward. So that is true experience. When you're actually there with your job, if you're a committee member, you're there to help stimulate dialogue. If you're chair of that, you're supposed to guide that process, guide the decision-making process and come up with policy. As you move up in the different ventures, you need to be engaged in that. I was engaged in each one of those processes and also with all these other organizations and the designations, CCIM. I'm also a uh, CPM member, IRAM, uh, CRB, Women's Council, ARIA, all at Fiopsy, right. ICSC, yeah. all these other organizations you're involved with and you need to be able to help throw your two cents in for, for good good policies and as
0: someone who's on the campaign team and I get to see the emails from the other people on the campaign team the thing that I've noticed a lot is you're involved out on this campaign trail talking to the members listening and I hear other people say, gosh, the members appreciate that. You're not just showing
1: up, you're, you're actually showing no, up, each, but you're each wanting to, each to place find I out go what's to, going
0: on and what's needed.
1: And I appreciate you saying that. Each place that I go to, it's important for me to, to hear the issues that are going on at the, the state level or the local level. So I'm sitting in on the, their finance meetings, on the, the town halls, right. on, the, on the, the, the give and take I mean there are different issues with each state and with everything else and so how is NAR supposed to help address those better if you don't participate and 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 listen into what right what's the dynamic going on within each committee of of everything you need to know that
0: right and I just wanted to mention that because I I've, I've noticed that through our other team members is that wow the people appreciated Lil showing up at that meeting and, and being involved and not just flying in, flying out. And, you're, and it's you, not window in, dressing. Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly
1: yeah. exactly. uh, curious about exactly. that. Exactly, so. yeah,
0: exactly. So I appreciate that. Now you uh, went to, to Maui and that's where you're stationed at now. What, what about the person in Virginia or somewhere who says, um, well, gosh, how could you be president of NAR living in hawaii but you actually have discussed that with me and others and i think you uh, just just so they will know you you've already you have that plan plan in place so.
1: oh yeah the plan is already in place and that was already brought up uh, when i was uh, actually running for CIM national president I said well how can anybody from, from hawaii uh, run and, and do that with uh, the time changes and all the other stuff well ai don't get jet lagged i don't get i adjust to whatever time zone i'm in so that that is not a problem i travel uh, well and through this process we will probably be renting or 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 buying a place at a at a hub on the mainland uh, as a year as president in order to not have to go uh, over the puddle as i call it that's that's my commuter flight is over the puddle which is a five-hour flight during those uh that year year and a half i won't be going uh back over the puddle uh, as often, uh, as that, we'll have a central base on, on the mainland. So, so yeah, not an
0: issue. Yeah. And well, thank you. And I knew that, but I wanted people just to have that opportunity to, to put that aside. A couple of other quick questions. I'm curious how you manage your time because I want our listeners to know not only is a real estate practitioner in the trenches every day serving, cause you still serve with your local board on, uh, professional standards yeah. i've been there for 35 years yeah, as a so, hearing chair i so, love that yeah. part. involved with your state national but he also runs he also has olive trees where you olive orchard company yeah, yeah. yeah. And coffee, and I've purchased his olive oil, and I'm not here to sell his olive oil, but it's very good. He knows a lot about olive oil, but, you know, I how do you, do you manage your time just to help others out there to improve their time? Is there a secret or something? Well, that- they
1: say if you want to get something done, give it to a busy person. I've found o- over the years, and I probably got this from my dad uh, and mom. My mom, uh, they had a lot of things going, but I can... I managed to to uh, do a lot of things uh, at, at the same time, and so I'm pretty good with uh, with time management of of task oriented of trying to get to do lists of of moving things uh, forward in in all the different aspects of it. It's good that not all the things are all happening at once, so the olive orchard, we've just finished pruning twelve hundred trees, and so now we and we do have little tiny nibs, those little nibs right. turn into uh, into olives, and hopefully. Provided that uh, Mother Nature cooperates, we'll have olives by the time we get to August, uh, September, October, depending on what it is. And then we'll harvest, and then we'll have uh, some wonderful extra virgin olive oil.
0: Yeah, and one of the tips Lil told me was, do not store your olive oil close to the range. You, for heat, heat yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the, three, the
1: three things that will kill uh, olive oil is heat, uh, sun, and air. So you try to keep them in a dark uh, room, in a dark bottle. Away from heat, and never cook with uh, um, extra virgin olive oil on on extreme high heats because it turns into a carcinogen. So you okay. want to sprinkle at the end or whatever. We could have another whole discussion. Yeah, we on could this. on that. But. So I, and occasionally, when I'm giving uh, talks and everything, I'll end the talk with uh, two fun facts. And the fun fact was uh, it was extra virgin olive oil. The other one was music. So I've learned to incorporate my love of music into my own business, whether it's uh, uh, developing a building uh, or redoing uh, an iconic recording studio in California. Uh, and so I've learned to be able to, to take my love of music and, and make it part of my business, which is, is super cool. So um, I do have a lot of different ventures. I'm an entrepreneurial uh, business guy I, I, I was born uh, uh, in into that from from Minnesota as I ended up working my way towards uh, towards Maui via Oregon going to school um, and you and I probably have are similar in nature that
0: I do better when I'm busy yes I, if I didn't have things to do I that's when I feel like things don't get done. So I'm, I, uh, I get what you're talking I think it's good that you have those ventures and you have that. And that just brings the experience we need at the National Association of Realtors. Now, last thing I want to mention, because our goal is hopefully many directors who will be voting in May will listen to this sometimes there's a misnomer out there because you might be a director and think oh has a state endorsed a candidate does that mean you have to vote that way and the, and at the end of the day in may when everyone goes to make that vote that's their decision regardless of uh, an endorsement or anything You want to elaborate on that or just how? Yeah,
1: so over the years, uh, endorsements uh, from the state have uh, done uh, meant different things. And at the point where we are now, they don't have uh, a lot of of meaning behind that. Uh, I mean, it's it's more ceremonial uh, here at the moment. The vote in May is individual members. So each individual member will vote their conscience on who they believe will derive to move the organization uh, forward uh, in a means that uh, um, that will be effective for all 1.6 million members. As an NAR director, that's your hat that you're wearing, is the NAR national uh, stance. It's not a state, it's not a local board, it's not anything else, but you, that is the hat that you are uh, tasked with with uh, casting the vote. Coming May, it's half plus one. So it's a matter of every member Uh, as vote counts on how they believe who will best serve the organization uh, moving forward. So that's my task is to go out and earn every individual vote going forward. Well,
0: I can attest that Lila's a great guy and would make an absolutely wonderful NAR president. He's my, as I mentioned, he's my coach, Bradley. He, uh, he came down and he, he grabbed me by the jersey and said, hey, get in the game. And, uh, and I appreciated that because you don't get that a lot. But I've seen him, visited with him, and know firsthand he would be a great vote,
1: uh, choice to vote for. So Lil, thank you for this time. I thank you. It's it. a pleasure. You know, it, it's a pleasure to come to all the different places across the country. It's, it's wonderful here in, uh, or in Lawrence, Kansas here at the right. moment. And, uh, and it was great to be here, but thank you for all that you do, uh, for, uh, for your members and your, uh, family and communities. That's that it boils down to, that's one of the most important things. And thanks all, you're doing for the campaign. Appreciate thank it. Thank
0: you. And again, you can go to lil for N-A-R dot, com. dot com, and you can also reach out to Lil from there. So if you have a question, send him a question. He'll be glad to answer that. So thank you again. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yes. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Global Real Estate School. I'm John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy. Go out and make it a great day.